Many of you may know who I am, but for those of you who don't, my name is Emily Wills. I'm currently a student in my second year at Western Washington University in Bellingham, where I am studying political science, history, and German. I have been a member of this congregation for my entire life. I was baptized here two days before my first birthday. I attended preschool here with Barb Smith as my teacher. I got perfect attendance in Sunday school when I was in elementary school and could probably tell you more about the Protestant Reformation at age 10 than most kids. I was confirmed in this church in 2014, and I was stoked when I got to vote in my first congregational meeting, and I clearly have not changed much because I may be a little bit too excited that I'm home for today's congregational meeting. <laughs> when I got to high school, Holy Spirit became even more important in my life. During the second half of high school, I was at some sort of church event at least three days every week. I went on four summer trips in Yakima, Detroit, Guatemala, and Southern California. All of these trips were memorable. I found real friendship here when I was struggling to find it in school. Through Oasis and Confirmation, I found some of my closest friends. This community has been such a fundamental part of my life, so looking back, it makes sense that many of my closest friends were from here too. We have shared experiences that I was unable to have with kids from high school, like when we briefly lost Danielle in the Guatemalan jungle. <laughs> I was 13 when I first realized I was gay. While I have struggled for several years to accept myself, and it took me until college to fully come out, I have never feared being rejected by this community or by God because of my sexual orientation. The message I have received here has always been one of love and acceptance. I distinctly remember going onto the church website when I was in seventh grade, as all of the cool kids do, <laughs> and seeing pictures of members of this church marching in the pride parade. That is my earliest memory of hearing our church say anything about LGBTQ people, and it gave me a lot of peace. Since coming to college, I've realized I get more strange looks from my peers when I tell them that I work at a church than when I mention being gay. For many people in my generation, the Christian faith is synonymous with homophobia and exclusion. Few people at Western bat an eye when I mention my girlfriend, but I mention anything about church and it throws people for a loop. I believe God made me who I am so that I can help change the relationship between LGBTQ people and the Christian church. Coming to college and seeing other people's relationships with their faith communities has made me realize even more how lucky I am to have grown up in this church. This school year, I joined a new group on campus called the Queer Christian Club. We meet up each week and talk. Sometimes we talk about the Bible, other times we talk about queer theology. Most frequently, we discuss our experiences as LGBTQ people in the Christian church and offer support to each other. Other people need the support from this group more than I do. But it's important for me, too, because I am able to share the love that I have received from this congregation with people who have been rejected by their own churches. As you might imagine, it's easy to leave the meetings feeling disheartened and sad. However, it's easy to leave feeling hopeful too. I remain hopeful because even though many of my friends in this group have been deeply hurt by the greater Christian church, 
they still associate with Christianity and persist in attempting to reconcile their faith and their sexuality or gender identity. I didn't think it was possible for me to get more involved with church after leaving Holy Spirit, but it's happened. I currently work as the student coordinator for Lutheran Campus Ministry at Western. At Danielle's suggestion this year, I took several people, mostly freshmen, out to coffee or lunch in order to get to know them better and tell them about Lutheran Campus Ministry. A common thread I heard was that people were homesick and didn't have any friends. These conversations reminded me of how terrified I was to leave this community when I moved to college. This made me realize what my purpose in my job is. I feel called to help create space for community and hopefully make students feel like they belong and have a home in Bellingham. I didn't think I would find very many Lutherans at Western, but I have. There are even enough Lutherans to have an unofficial Lutheran house next year, which will rightfully be called the Mighty Fortress. At first glance, I wasn't sure I could find any ways to connect my life and faith to the wedding at Cana, besides Jesus seemingly sassing his mom and then her being right after all. <laughs> However, after reading this passage roughly 8,000 times in the last two weeks, two parts have continued to stick out to me. The first, and probably the most obvious, is the sheer abundance in the story. I did the math, and that's at least 605 bottles of wine. <laughs> I've experienced an abundance of love and inclusiveness here at Holy Spirit and within the greater Lutheran Church. Because of this, I have always known the love and grace of God. When I go home to my apartment in Bellingham and I'm feeling lonely or depressed or anxious or grateful or joyous or a whole range of emotions, I wrap myself in my senior quilt and it reminds me of how loved and accepted I am by this community and by God. The second part of the story that catches my attention is the use of parentheses in verse 9. It says, When the steward tasted the water that had become wine and did not know where it came from, parentheses, though the servants who had drawn the water knew. I googled the very sophisticated college-level question, are things in parentheses less important? <laughs> the answer I got comes from writingcommons.org. Parentheses communicate to readers that the material inside the parentheses is not necessary to understand the main sentence, but is pertinent enough to be included. So if the story can be understood without the information in the parentheses, why is it relevant enough to be there? Why does it matter that the servants knew what happened? I think it's included because it reveals something more about God, other than that Jesus can make great wine and do the seemingly impossible. It demonstrates that God's abundant love is revealed to and extended to those who are sometimes treated as if they don't matter. In my time trying to write what I wanted to say today, this story of the wedding at Cana transformed from a crazy, improbable, but still amazing story of Jesus being a one-time winemaking prodigy into yet another example of Jesus looking out for people who are treated like they don't matter, those in the parentheses of life. I'm sure many of us have felt or will feel at some point like we are in the parentheses. I know I have. 
but that is where God's abundance is revealed. It's revealed to me and my friends at Queer Christian Club. I also see God in the non-religious people who come to Lutheran campus ministry. Even though they aren't so sure about the whole God thing, they know how much they are loved. The abundance of God is revealed to me in so many different people and situations. It probably is to you too. The gospel story today is just the first example of many of God's abundant love. The love that is often revealed first to the people on the bottom. We are all called to continually share this abundance with others because God's love is for all. And for that, I'm grateful.